KINY Juno. Now from the Alaska Airline Studio, local first news for Juno in all of Southeast Alaska. I'm Jordan Lewis, and these are the stories we're following this hour. Juno had a rally, Juno for Palestine, this Saturday. Plus, University of Alaska Chancellor Aparna Palmer gave her Chancellor's Report to the UA Board of Regents. And the Board of Education will be holding a special meeting on its fiscal year 2024 and 2025 budget tomorrow. But first... Juno for Palestine is a Juno-based group for Palestinian freedom. A rally was held at Marine Park Saturday with a large turnout. Just three days after, Governor Mike Dunleavy introduced legislation to penalize people who obstruct public access. That didn't stop community members of Juno calling for a ceasefire. Harper Gunn says they have been planning the rally since January. She shares what her takeaway from the event was. I think my takeaway would be that it's clear that the people of Juno support a ceasefire in Palestine and stand with the Palestinian people. I think the fact that so many people from all different cross-sections of the community came out to support and to speak and to play music um, just shows where the community stands here. Gunn says they will continue advocating for Palestine in a variety of ways. We have a series of goals. I think a big goal is these kind of community events and being a place where community can get involved, but also a place where people can see that they're not alone in their support for Palestine. We are also working, we put a resolution to the city for a permanent ceasefire, and so we're working on talking to assembly members about uh, getting that put forward to the main floor. We are talking to state legislators about, again, a statewide resolution, and like I said, we're trying to get in touch with as much as we possibly can with uh, our federal legislators and see what they can do to help uh, push for a ceasefire. Jamie Ann Hasselquist shared why it was important for her to attend the rally. A lot of this is parallel to like what I was saying during the land acknowledgement. The things, the bombings, the things that happened to the United States, how the United States became the United States is through genocide. They are now again supporting the genocide across seas. It's very deeply rooted and tied to who I am as a Tlingit person to be able to come out here and stand in solidarity with other indigenous peoples around the world. Arias Hole, a.k.a. Air Jazz, closed the rally with performance. He explains why it was important for him to make a stand. Very important for me to come out here and stand for all of the innocent lives of children, women, and men over in Palestine that have been forced out of their homes. Some have been brutally killed. And given that indigenous people had to suffer through a similar experience, who are we to just stand back and watch? The least we can do is speak up and let them know that we're here for you and we stand with you. University of Alaska Southeast Chancellor Aparna Palmer gave her Chancellor's Report to the UA Board of Regents on Friday in Fairbanks. In it, she addressed Title IX recommendations that were recently brought forward by UAS students. We seek to change what can be changed locally, but also to speak together as a community to bring improvement and compassion to broader pro- processes, policies, and laws. I come to you today as Chancellor to ask for your continued support and advocacy with regard to Title IX. We know that the board and the system have made several important and positive strides in the past few years. We want to work with you to make our processes more effective on the UAS campus and at the system level. She also spoke on increased enrollment. 
In terms of enrollment, our open freeze data, which was collected on February 8th, shows us that in terms of our spring headcount, we are up in comparison to the same time last year with an increase of 5%. Currently, as of this week, we are up 2.2% in our headcount. In terms of overall credit hour production, we are flat in terms of the same time next year. As of last week, they were flat as well. Chancellor Palmer looks ahead to the fall semester. Up 6% in applicants and 4% in accepted applications. And so I think we are in a stable situation. We're excited about our fall applicants and our applications. And so um, we are hoping that we can keep those students in the pipeline as they move from spring into fall. We have several areas that are showing growth. They include marine biology, which is up 8% in majors. Our indigenous studies programs and our Alaska Native studies are up 68% in majors. Our Department of Humanities is up 7%. There was an increase of 7% in majors at the Ketchikan campus and 13% at the Sitka campus. Looking back at the fall of 2023, UAS was up 5% in dual enrollment compared to the previous fall. And the Board of Education will hold a special meeting on the FY24 and FY25 budget discussion tomorrow from 4.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. In addition to cost-saving measures and consolidation, a critical part of the strategy for the Juneau School District to become fiscally stable is financial assistance from the City and Borough of Juneau. The assistance comes from CBJ fund balance in the form of three ordinances. One, a $4.1 million loan. Two, a one-time payment for the current year of $3.9 billion and a one-time payment of $1.6 billion for the next budget year. The Borough Assembly is working to pass these three ordinances by March 4th for the district to make its budget deadline for FY 2025. The public will be able to comment on all three of these ordinances at the Assembly Committee of the Whole Work session today at 6 p.m. and at the regular Assembly meeting on Monday, March 4th at 7 p.m. You can comment by signing up at clerks.office at juno.gov by 4 p.m. on the day of the hearing to testify over Zoom, sending an email to borough.assembly at juno.gov, or testifying in person at the City Hall Assembly Chambers. Coming up, the Alaska Department of Fish and Game is asking for help in preventing the spread of disease in deer. That story, when Local First News continues. The Alaska Department of Fish and Game is asking for your help in preventing the spread of disease in deer. Ketchikan-based wildlife biologist Tessa Hasbrook explains the dangers in feeding deer. First, feeding deer can cause deer to congregate, which can spread disease. And there are several different diseases that can spread among deer, and these include adenovirus, coronavirus, and others. And diseases from just a few deer in town can spread to the greater wild populations. And second, although it's not directly related to disease, the other problem with feeding deer is that deer that are used to being fed by humans can become aggressive or bold to humans after they've become food conditioned and habituated to people. And so feeding deer can spread disease, and it can also be a public safety concern. She adds the deer can find their own food, even in the winter. Deer have availability to different food sources throughout the year, and they switch which specific foods they're eating by season. And so in summer, they like to eat these fresh forbs, and in winter, they're relying more on 
bushes and shrubs and even lichen. And so even though their food isn't the same in winter as it is in summer, they have access to other food sources, and their bodies are built to change with the changing seasons. And so they have various different foods that they have access to even in winter. Hasbrook explains how to make a report. If you see people feeding big game, such as deer, people can report violations by contacting the local state troopers, or they can anonymously report by calling the Fish and Game Safeguard. The Fish and Game Safeguard, their number is 1-800-478-3377. Reports can also be made to your local Fish and Game office. Additionally, the Alaska Department of Fish and Game asks the public to keep their livestock away from deer. She says to reach out to the department if you are in need of tips. The Alaska House of Representatives ended days of deadlock with an unusual bipartisan triumph late Thursday, voting 38-2 to to authorize a major increase in the state's funding formula for public schools. The $680 increase of the state's base student allocation contained in the version of Senate Bill 140 that passed the House on Thursday night is the largest nominal bump in state history. Representative Andy Story joined Action Line Friday to share her thoughts. A back and forth this week, but I think we got to a good policy education bill and was just thrilled to hear the floor speeches from most of the representatives around the state speaking about the importance of um, funding education. And that is uh, such a good message for our state, for our kids, uh, for all of us. It's also somewhat of a disappointment for education advocates because it's less than half of the $1,413 increase needed to make up for inflation, which Rep. Story acknowledged. Obviously, we've had eight years of flat funding in the base student allocation, and costs have gone higher. We got COVID money, um, but the state and used that COVID money to supplant the dollars that we should have been investing. And so now that those federal dollars are gone, there's been like this huge hole uh, that we, you know, need to start investing more in. And so while 680 is an historic increase, and I'm thrilled about it, you know, across the state there are still some really tough budget choices to be made, and including in our district. In Juneau, where the local school district has been facing a multi-million dollar deficit, the increase likely isn't enough to forestall school closures, according to Representative Sarah Hannon. Capital City Fire Rescue responded to an equipment storage shed fire early Friday morning at the Best Western. The structure and its contents are a total loss, with the estimated loss of being worth approximately $12,000. The cause of the fire is still under investigation. However, there were reports that unidentified persons were in the proximity of the shed prior to the fire. But at this time, it is unknown if they have any involvement or if they were just passing through the property. If anyone has information regarding this fire, please contact Assistant Chief Dan Jager at 586-5322, extension 4314. And a big meeting this week at the White House with a critical deadline looming expected to attend. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Minority Leader Mitch McConnell and House Speaker Mike Johnson and Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries. ABC News White House correspondent Karen Travers has details. 
President Biden will bring together at the White House Tuesday the top four congressional leaders. On the agenda, the national security bill that sends $60 billion to Ukraine and also includes funding for Israel and Taiwan. The Senate has already passed that bill with bipartisan support, and the White House is putting pressure on House Republicans to do the same. The meeting also comes as Congress has just days to pass legislation to avert a partial government shutdown on Friday. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. Now you're up to date with Local First News. I'm Jordan Lewis.